name of Jesus. Okay, now we can now look together. Second Peter 1, uh, read from verse 19 uh, to 21. Second Peter 1, 19 to 21. I'll just quickly begin to read uh, because of time. Just catch up with me or they're able to show it. Second Peter 1, 19 to 21. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. Which you do well to heed or to pay attention, uh, to, 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 to take heed is to pay attention, to be careful about that word, okay? Which you do well to, to heed um, as a light, okay? The prophetic word is like a light that shines in the dark place, okay? Uh, as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns, okay? And the morning star rises. When that word comes uh, into fruition, when it becomes a revelation in your heart, it becomes like when the day dawns and the morning star rises. And the same way, there has never been a day that the night refused, refused for day to break. So that word shall come to pass in your life in the name of Jesus. Okay, in your heart, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For true prophecy never came by the will of man. True prophecy never came by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, now I said last Sunday that your Bible didn't fall down from heaven. Bible didn't fall from heaven. It was God that inspired men, Moses, David, Paul, to write the Bible that today we read it and we say it's God's word. Men wrote them. So in the same way, God is still speaking to men. Somebody here this Sunday morning. Praise God. So God has spoken to us and given us a word. Uh, I believe that it's a prophetic word that he himself has confirmed. Somebody say hallelujah. Now, not, not be, be seated. Be seated this Sunday morning. Father, now we ask that you bless your word. Cause my mouth to be like the pen of a ready writer. I cause my heart to indict of a good matter. Lord, so shall your word that has left your mouth. It will not return unto you void, but it shall go forth to establish that which you have sent it to do in the name of Jesus. Like the rain that falls from heaven, that comes upon the ground and causes the earth to bring forth fruit. So shall this word, last Sunday's word, every word we have spoken, Wednesday's word, so shall this word. Let it bring forth fruit. Let it bring forth a harvest in our lives in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Now we began to talk about uh, uh, how, how important it is for us to understand what the Rema word is. We said it's important. That's why I, I need to ask you, please go back and, and hear last Sunday's message. Very powerful. Because you must understand what a rhema word is. As distinct from mere logos. The whole Bible is logos. But the rhema word is God's spoken word. That has become a revelation to you. Now, what is very important about rhema is that usually it's a personal revelation. Rhema is a personal revelation. And so here, so this morning. It doesn't matter what you don't have right now. But please make sure you have a Rema word. Can somebody help me with this? Thank you, Jesus. It, it doesn't matter. The devil is really afraid of this message. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you don't have. Somebody said, it doesn't matter what I don't have. But I must have a Rema word. I must have a Rema word. It doesn't matter that you don't have some money in your account. But please have a Rema word. It doesn't matter... Yet, that you don't have a baby in your womb or a husband. But please have a Rema word. One thing you must not uh, 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 lack is the Rema word. 
One thing you must not lack is Rama. So, and we said last Sunday that how the Rama word comes is by your interaction with the logos. In, as you interact with God in the written word, God begins to speak to you through the written word. And so, for you to receive Rema, you must, have, must first be a student of the written word. And so, you don't have a choice. So, so if pastor is saying to you that you must be a carrier of the Rema word, it means that one of the things you must do is that you must be a student of the written word. Because it is through the written word that you receive the Rema word. Praise the Lord. Now, we began to talk about some of the blessings and advantages of the Rema word. And we're going to talk a little about it. And then we'll share what prophecy or what word God has given to us as a church and as individuals. Okay? Now, one of the powerful things about a Rema word is that, like we said, a Rema word is a personal word. Somebody say, a Rema word is a personal word. Rema word is my personal word. So, ordinarily, um, my family, we have a Rema word that we carry. Okay? You should carry a Rema word, a personal word. Now, one of the blessings of a Rema word is this. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures that help us this Sunday morning. I want us to look at uh, uh, Psalm 105. Uh, Psalm 105. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit of God. Um, I believe it's uh, 19. Uh, help me now. Let me just. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Psalm 105, 19 to 20. Quickly now. Let's read together. I want to go. Okay, TOG. Let's read together. I want to go. Until the time, did you notice that it is personal there? It, it didn't say until the time that the word, no, it said until the time that his word, until the time that his word. So as you are in church, you are at home, please make sure you are you have a personal word from God. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord did what? Test him. Go to verse 20. This is Joseph, by the way. This is Joseph. Go to verse 20. Now the king sent and did what? The king sent and what? And released him. The ruler of the people let him go free. Hear me, church. Please hear, pastor, this Sunday. It is when the, when, when the Rema word is confirmed or is released that every captivity lets you go in the name of Jesus. The moment that word, it doesn't matter what has held you in captivity. It doesn't matter what nat nature of the prison you are in. The moment your word comes, the moment the Rema word comes, guess what? Every prison door is broken in the name of Jesus. Then that's when you're released from captivity. And you know, as we're here this Sunday, we are all in different forms of captivity. Your captivity, my captivity is different. But when my word comes, you know what? It doesn't matter whether it's Pharaoh's prison. It doesn't matter whether it's Pharaoh's prison. It doesn't matter whether it's CBN vault kind of doors. It opens in the name of Jesus. Listen to me. Liberty is tied to the Rema word. Liberty in life is tied to the Rema word. For until, until his word came, men could treat Joseph anyhow. Men could mess up with Joseph anyhow. But the moment his word came, even Pharaoh had to let him go. I pray in the name of Jesus. I'm surprised you're still sitting. 
this season, may even the time that your Rema word will come in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, my word come, my word come. Say, my word come. Because like a boss, Calvin, when your word comes, it doesn't matter how long you have been in prison. The prison doors, the Bible records that Pharaoh sent for him. I hear in my spirit, someone will send for you. As your Rema word comes, you will be sent for. Prison doors will be open. In the name of Jesus, shout hallelujah. So it is when your Rema word comes to pass that prison doors open. So your liberty in life is tied not to anything, not to the president or anybody in government, but to when your word has come. And I've come to announce that our word has come. Our word has come. You know, I'll be talking briefly about doors today. And you're going to, you're going to connect Rema to open doors. Because for Joseph, it was when the word came, the prison door had to open now. Praise the Lord. Another scripture we're going to look at, okay, how important the Rema word is, and that's why you must be able to hold on to it, because it's so important. First Corinthians 2, verse 7 to 9. Now, for those of us who are members of our church, uh, it's not a new scripture, but hear me, it is a now scripture. It is a, the Bible calls it the present truth. This is the present truth. This is Rema for you now, okay? First Corinthians chapter 2, uh, uh, from verse 7. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Can we read it together now? But we, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Okay? The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Hear me. This is so powerful. Hear me. Before, before God reveals a scripture to you, before God reveals a word to you, um, it is still a mystery. It is wisdom that is hidden. It is wisdom that is hidden. By the way, the word mystery there is the word mysterion. It's the Greek word mystery. Somebody say mysterion. And, and you know, the truth about mysteries, the Bible, when you hear Bible mystery, um, it's, it's, it's hidden to those who are not part of us. I'm going to say that again. There is no word of God that should be a mystery to you. But to those who have not been initiated into our cult, it remains a mystery. You know, there are people who are in, you know, satanic cults. There are things they know. In fact, the reason why they take oaths before they get into cults is because there are secrets that the cult carries that they can't share with any human being. Now hear me. We are not in that kind of cult. But we belong to the family of God. And there are, there are mysteries our Heavenly Father uh, is releasing to you in this season in the name of Jesus. It will no longer be a hidden. Hey, hey, say, Mama Zaya. Can you put that back? Put it back. Put it back. Put it back quickly now. Put it back. Put it back. Okay. Now, the powerful thing about the Rema word or this hidden wisdom, okay, is that it was ordained. You see what the Bible says? Ordained before the ages for what? For whose glory? Your glory in life is tied to this wisdom manifesting in this season. There's, there's some information God will give to you. Whether you're a lawyer, you're a businessman, you're a doctor, listen to me, whether you are in real estate, there is a hidden wisdom when revealed. Your, your world will see a glory about you in the name of Jesus. 
So, so the thing that separates your glory uh, from where you are now is the hidden wisdom. But let's see, let's see. Go on, go on. Which none of the rulers of this age knew? For had they known? <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. You know, last, I'm going to discipline myself. Sunday, Gabole brought here. We're going to talk about Joseph. Do you, do, you, do you think that if Joseph's brothers, if they knew that by sending him to Egypt, he would become a greater star, do you think they would sell him? But God hid that wisdom from them. You didn't hear what I said. I said, God hid that thing from them. Because how can you, you're worried that he's a small boy here. And then you know he's going. So God blinded them. If I God said, kill him, kill him. Chook him, chook him, sell him. I pray here. Hear me now. There are some people who are wounding you now. God has blinded them. And they are working for God. That enemy in your office, working for God. That enemy, that household enemy, working for God. For if they had known, if they had known, minister, that's in worrying you, in pushing you, they're pushing you into a destiny. I see somebody, you have been persecuted, you have been worried, like you have been maligned. Men have done all kinds of things, but there's a hidden wisdom at work. I said, There's a hidden wisdom, there's a wisdom that God, for if they had known. Nobody would have killed Jesus. Nobody would have killed Jesus if they had known. <laughs> but they didn't know. They didn't know. Don't be so, don't so fret when people worry you. Don't fret when they accuse you. Don't fret when they crucify you. Because I want to say to somebody, I came all the way from life camp to say to a family here, there's a hidden wisdom. Let me tell three people, there's a hidden wisdom. There's a hidden wisdom. Ordained before the ages for your glory. Sister Uchi, ordained before the ages. Not for your shame. Glory is coming. I said to you, Audrey, we're not called temple of glory for nothing. We carry a person of glory. We carry an inheritance of glory. Glory is coming. Glory. Somebody said, glory, glory is coming. Let's, we're not done. Go, go, go to verse 8. Go to verse 8. But I, I, I had not seen. Because it's not, it's not natural. He had not heard. It's not a knowledge you come by the senses. Nor has it entered, entered into the heart of man. The things which God. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know why it has delayed? God was preparing. Somebody's building the house for you. That lady's getting ready for you. <laughs> go back, go back. Thank you, Jesus. Go back. Praise the Lord. God has prepared for those who love him. Go to verse 10. But God, somebody say, but God. Has done what? Reveal them. Remad them. Remad them. Reveal them to us through his spirits. For the spirit searches all things. Yes. I want to please encourage you. You know, Pastor Yama, a lot of people take joy in just say we're very simple Christians. We're not into deep revelations. Listen to me. 
crude oil is not found on the surface. Neither is gold or that anything that is precious is in the bowl of the earth. So at a certain stage, yes, God will allow you to remain simple. But there are certain things you can't touch unless you begin to romance with the spirits. So he can give you the deep things of the earth. There are hidden treasures of the earth that can only be given by revelation of the Holy Spirit. By revelation of the Holy Spirit. You know what I was saying some days ago? Awesome. A message he preached a while ago. He said, 1984, God said to him, he said, he said, there's vacancy at the top. Are you willing to get to the top? He said, there's, there's room at the top. He said, then everything I reveal to you, is he at the top now? He's at the top. The last scripture. The last scripture. John 10, 35. Gospel of John 10, 35. Now, this is Jesus. Now, here they were before now, because of time, I didn't want to uh, give you the scriptures before. They were accusing Jesus that he, he was a man, but he was calling himself God. They, they, they were going to stone him, say, how can you, being a man, we know you, we know your brothers, we know your father, Joseph. I mean, how can you say you're a God? So in this defense, he said this. This is Jesus. If he called them gods, If he called them gods, who, 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 who did he call gods? To whom the word of God came. Church, the day the Rema word comes in a situation, you become a god in that situation. That is why you cannot play with the Rema word. Because he confers divinity on a man. You cannot separate God and his word. With the pastors last week, I, I, we got to share with them John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Ministers, listen to me. The day God's word comes, divinity comes upon you. And you begin into the realm of signs and wonders. Into the realm of possibilities. The baby realm of what came to my wife and I. Barrenness flew away. Listen to me. Barrenness disappeared. What doctor said we couldn't do, we did. Why? We became a god in that area. I said to you... Didn't he call them gods? The womb, the word of God came. I pray in the name of Jesus. Release, release the word that makes you a God upon the earth. In the name of Jesus. The word that makes you a God. People will wonder at you. People will be surprised at you. Because when the word of God comes, when the Rema word comes, guess what church? Then you become a God. You want to be a God in this city. Jump up and shout hallelujah. Listen to me. The reason why many of you are still begging, still chasing people for favor, is because the word hasn't come. When the word comes, there's a boldness that comes. When the word comes, it is just a matter of time because you are taking on divinity. 
you are taking on divinity. Can God be sick? That's why some of us can't be sick. We become gods in that area. Somebody shout hallelujah. Okay. The, the last one I'll give. I thought, I thought I'll move on. But the, the last one I'll give. Um, let's see now. Uh, Genesis 41. 41. Genesis 41, 41. Nothing confers dominion upon a man on the earth than when the man has received the Rema word. Genesis. Go, go to verse 40. 40. Verse 40. Verse 40. Go to 39. Thank you. 39. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch, can we do it together now? Inasmuch as what? As God has shown you all this. Inasmuch as you're the only person in Egypt that God has revealed this to you. Yeah. There is no one as discerning and wise as you. Go to 40. Go to 40. Verse 40. You shall now what? Yeah. Where we like dominion on the earth in Abuja is the word hasn't come. When the word comes, men will hand over dominion to you. It is, it is scripture. Daniel, once, once it was Daniel that knew secrets, he became head. Anywhere you know more than others, the Bible says the sons of Issachar were men who had an understanding of the times. And they what? They led their brethren. I come on now. I want to stand up for a minute. Father, in the name of Jesus, every knowledge and wisdom that you need in this season that will put you over, receive it in the name of Jesus. Come on, I want you to pray like I say, every remnant that I need, every knowledge that I need, every it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter which area of life. Uh, because what grants you dominion on the earth? Carl, what grants you dominion on the earth? He, he, Pedro said, he said, in as much as God has shown you this thing. Uh, he, said, he said, in Egypt, now you. In, in, fact, in fact, he said, it is you. He said, the only person that you will submit to is me. Why? What, what changed? Rema. He could interpret the season. Come on, be seated. Hallelujah. One of the key things that God wants to do with us, and is, is part of the, of the word I'll give at the end of the service, is the word door. Somebody say door. Now, the word door is highly, highly symbolic in the Bible. It's, it's over probably over 180, 200 times written in the Bible. But but I you know, uh, God does not use that word lightly. The word door is very powerful. It's a powerful spiritual word. Okay, and part of what God is speaking to us today, door is part of it. Okay, door is part of it. Now, why is the word door very important? I'm going to quickly read through because of time. Maybe just first to look at a couple of scriptures. Let's look at uh, uh, Revelation uh, 4 verse 1. Revelation 4 verse 1. We're going to look at very briefly at door. Then I'll give you the word that God gave. Revelation 4 verse 1. Let's read together now. After these things, I looked. Come on, T.O.G. Let's read together. And behold, a door doing what? Standing open in heaven. Behold, I looked. And what, and what do I see? 
a door standing up in heaven, open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet. Now, why I wanted to show us this scripture is that Pastor Gemma, the first thing that God actually does when he regards your, your life and your destiny is to give you a revelation. Now, what God was saying in, revelation, in the book of Revelation was that he, he, had, he opened a door of revelation to John. He said, he said, he said, John, put it back there. He said, John, John noticed that the door was open. And then he says, come up here and I will what? Show you things which must what? Take place. So the first thing that happens to you, and I've taught this many times before, uh, God never moves in a life without first revealing. So God will first reveal to you before you will see his hand. Isaiah says, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? So God first reveals. So the first door that will open to you in this season is the door of revelation. I said the first door that will open to you in this season is the door of revelation. I said God will open the door so you can, you can see, you can understand. Praise God. Now let's look at Revelation chapter 3, 7 to 8. The same Revelation chapter 3, 7 to 8. Quickly now. Revelation chapter 3, 7 to 8. Let's read together now. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, These things says he who is holy. Okay, let's read together. He who is true. He who has what? The key of David. He who does what? He who opens and what? And no man shuts. And he does what? And shuts. That is one of the most powerful things God has said about door. He opens a door that no man can shut. So when he opens a door, go to sleep. There's no devil anywhere that can shut it. And when he shuts a door, there is no demon anywhere that can open it. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. I'm going to just quickly run and just say a few things about door. I won't teach it because of time. And then we'll jump into what God has given us as a word. Okay. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Where's door? Where's door? Door, door. A door is a, is a powerful spiritual symbol. Now, a door is a spiritual access. A door is a spiritual access. So when God begins to talk about, about door, you know that an access is being provided. Or a gateway. A door provides access. Somebody say a door provides access. So when God talks, tells you that, oh, um, you know, like he said to Paul, he said, uh, he said Paul, actually Paul said, he said a great and effective door has been opened to me. That means access has been provided. In this season, an access has been provided for you in the name of Jesus. Okay? Now, a door also symbolizes a change of season. Because when you walk through a door, what is on that side and what is on this side is different. Minister Tinedu, what is outside this tent and what is inside here, is it the same? If you enter through this door, won't your experience become different? If you go out now, won't your experience become different? If it's raining outside and you enter through the door now, would the rain beat you here? Okay, so when God opens a door, he puts an end to an old season. And I want to say to somebody ahead of time, the old season is coming to an end in the name of Jesus. And I found praying this morning, he said this is a new era. Indeed, it's a new era. You're about to enter into a new era through the door in the name of Jesus. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Okay, so it does symbolizes change of seasons. It means new levels. It does also means new opportunities. 
That means that you need to be sensitive in this season because a door is standing. You need to walk through that door. I say a door is standing. You need to walk through that door. Come on, shout hallelujah. Opportunities are coming. In fact, many times in the Bible, the word door and opportunities are interchanged. In fact, in some translations, it says a new opportunity is before you. I like this. A door is symbolic of entry or exit. I've said that before. Very rarely, listen to me, very rarely will you come and see a door in the middle of this hall. By the way, many years ago, I don't know whether it's true, many years ago, a very big man of God today, it wasn't like that many years ago. Somebody, because people believed he was into the occult. So a journalist was tracking him. So the journalist said he followed him to one place, one house in the bush. So the guy entered through the door. And I don't know how the book journalist, I mean, should be afraid. Entered, entered the door with him, you know. But then he noticed that there was not a door now. Um, those of you who went to construction, a frame, the frame of a door. It's called the door frame. What doors hang on? The frame was in the middle of the sitting room. As this, I don't want to call his name. As this particular man of God walked through that door frame, he disappeared. The journalist said, that's where his own journey ended. <laughs> so every time you see, you see a door in the middle of nowhere, if I, if I were you, no enter. <laughs> Somebody say hallelujah. Say I won't enter, I won't enter, I won't enter. But, but, but like we said, a door is either opening you to go in or to come out. Let, let me also say something about a door. A door also uh, speaks of imminence. Somebody say imminence. Okay, imminence means it is near. When somebody says something is at the door, your blessing is at the door. You know what he's saying? Your blessing is imminent. You know what, Tioji? That thing you've been waiting for for 10 years, 20 years, it is right now at the door in the name of Jesus. I said that thing your family has been waiting for, that expectation that you have carried for so long, it's imminent. It's at the door. It's at the, do it's at the very door. Somebody say hallelujah. It's at the very door. Let me, let me put a pause on door because of time. The next thing I like to say, and we began to say that last Sunday, was this. We said last Sunday that the year 2020 is a very critical year. And that's why the devil has fought it, thrown COVID-19 at it, done everything. Why? The devil never fights what he doesn't fear. He knows enough to know that this year is critical. I was telling my wife yesterday, I, I said to her, why, why was it that when, when Jesus was born that Herod began to kill the infants? How come it was when, when uh, um, um, Moses was going to be born that Pharaoh began to ask that every male child would be, would be killed? Why? Because the enemy can foresee what God is set to do. So this year is critical. And we said there's no devil anywhere. There's no devil anywhere that can stop what God is set to do. Because it's something that he said, his counsel must stand. So 2020, hear me now, 2020 is a door year. Pastor, I'll say it again. 2020 is what? A door year. I don't know whether that is good English. But, but 2020 is a what? Is a door year. Meaning that the main thing doesn't happen this year. But once you enter, higher, higher, higher. Oh, mama, 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 mama. Is a door year into the next 10 years of your life. Is a door year into the next 20 years of your life. 
the new era that is set to, for you to enter. This is the year. So it is not a year you should be casual about. Don't just do anything this year. Don't just anyhow. No, 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 no. It's a door year. Because whatever you do this year will affect the next 10 years. Whatever you do this year will affect the next 20 years. It's a gateway of time. It's a gateway of time. So you should be sensitive. It's a door year. It's a foundation laying I covered this word with the blood of Jesus. The word of God has been tried seven times by fire. And therefore, nothing, nobody can tamper with this word. The book of Hosea, chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hosea 2, 14 and 15. Hosea, Hosea, H-O-S-E-A. H-O-S-E-A. Hosea, Hosea. Can we do it together now? Therefore, behold, I will allow her. I will bring her into the wilderness and speak of water. Thank you, Jesus. Go to the next verse, verse 15. I will give her her vineyards from them and the valley of Achor as a door. She shall sing there. As in the days of our youth. As in the days. God be my witness as spring in the room. And then this scripture dropped in my spirit. And I know the way God talks to me. The Bible says that no scripture is of any private interpretation. But, but, but holy men as they were moved by, the, by God. Immediately asked, I said to my wife, God just gave me a word for our church. For the individuals here. Maybe for our city. Maybe for our nation. And I said, I said, you remember, when did God give me this word before? And I thank God for wives that have memories. I don't know how women do it. They have memories out of this word. She said, my husband, God gave you this word 20 years ago. And it became the change of seasons for us. This is the word that changed my entire life. This word. 20 years ago. I'm going to read it. I'll read it from different translations. So this, is, this sounds very deep. And it's deep. But, but let me read it from, uh, from the Passion Translation. Hosea 2.14. And now, here is what I'm going to do. The Passion Translation. I'm going to start all over again. Please hear Pastor. I am going to start all over again. I'm taking her back out into the wilderness where we had our first date. Did you hear what I just said? I will take her back. God is saying, he will take you back to where, Ekaluza, to where you had your first date. You know the word in the new king, the new king James says, I will allure her. You know, it's a word that lovers use for each other. You know, the word seduce is a neg is a bad word, but the word allure is a positive word. So you know you can allure your wife, you can allure your husband. <laughs> Tell her those sweet, sweet, sweet things. 
And, and that's the word God is saying, I will allure. He will allure us. He will take us to the place where we first met. Where he first met you 10 years ago. Where he first made that promise 20 years ago. In that intimacy. He says, I'm going to start all over again. I'm taking her back. I'm taking him back. Out into the wilderness where we had our first date. And I will cut her. I will give her bouquets of roses. I will turn, hear me now. I will turn Heartbreak Valley into acres of hope. I thought that it was possible to put that scripture there. I will turn Heartbreak Valley. Heartbreak Valley into acres of hope. Where your heart was broken. Where you knew rejection. Where you knew shame. Where you encountered hopelessness. He's taking you right back there. But in the same place. Oh, it's seven minutes after time. So I'm going to quickly just round up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see so much to say. Then she will respond like she did as a young girl. These days when the days when she was fresh out of those days when she was fresh out of Egypt. The new living translation. But then I will win her back once again. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her there. I will return her vineyards to her. And transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. She will give herself to me there. As she did long ago when she was young. When I freed her from her captivity in Egypt. The living Bible says, but I will cut her again. And bring her into the wilderness and I will speak to her tenderly there. Then I will give her back her vineyards to her and transform her valley of trouble into a door of hope. You know, I'm going to stop there and I'll say a few things. First of all, the book of Uzziah is a very powerful book. It really talks about, that's why I was so blessed by the special song they did today. I mean, I was so blown away because they didn't know what I was going to teach on. What, what, what does that song say again? God is too faithful to fail me. Now, now the background, and I'll say it in a few sentences. Hosea really was a, what we call a sign prophet. A sign prophet is somebody who lives out, you know, the prophecy of God, what God wants. You know, a prophet lives it out. He doesn't just prophesy, he lives it. Some of you know about Hosea. I can't go deeply into it. But you know, Israel was very unfaithful to God. And so God trying to demonstrate, he said, he said Hosea, go and marry a prostitute. He married Goma. And say, have children of prostitution. You know, all of that, all of that, all of that. Here, Pastor, the book of Isaiah really talks about God's faithfulness in spite of our infidelity. In spite of the fact that we are not faithful, God still remains what? So what God is set to do in this season is not because of your faithfulness. He has nothing to do that you have behaved well. It's just that God has said it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not saying misbehave, but he's out of his faithfulness. He has made a covenant with you, and he will not break it. He will not break it. So it's his faithfulness. Now, this is what very, very critical. This, these two verses, 14 and 15. Let me tell you what he says, and then we close and go home. Let me tell you what he, what he's saying. Like you said, he said, I will take her to the wilderness where we first met. He says, I will give her back, back her vineyards from there. 
Now, the first thing you need to understand that God will do for you is that a restoration is coming. The first thing is what? A restoration is coming to our church. You know, a lot of people, you know, just think, ah, they are done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What God is set to do? A restoration is coming in the name of Jesus. Now, now, a restoration is coming to you. Now, let me also say this. Many times, we think that restoration is things that we knew were stolen. Pastors, there are things you don't even know that were taken away. God will restore that in the name of Jesus. You see, many times when you pray for restoration, your thinking is things you know. You have no clue where you, should, where you are supposed to be. So in restoration, God takes you back to the original purpose. But see what is very powerful about this. It says the valley of Archer. Oh, I wish I had time. Shall be a door of hope. You know what led to all of this? You know we've been teaching on hope. And God brought me here. What is the valley of Archer? The valley of Archer was where Israel had their biggest defeat in the promised land. They had had this great victory in Jericho. Incredible. Jericho was the biggest, finest city in the promised land. And they took it easily. And so there was AI that was supposed to be just a walk, a walk through. But they experienced humiliating defeat in the promised land. And God said, some of you may have started well. But you have experienced a humiliating defeat. Maybe you're still in it. But the nature of God is that he says that valley, the valley of Achor is the valley of trouble. So he says that the place of your previous trouble, and for some people, the place of your present trouble will become the place of present hope. In the place where you have been wounded, God wants to go to that place. Where you have been wounded, God specializes in going to the exact location. I'm not talking about physical location. The place in the spirit. That place where you look like it is, it, it cannot, you cannot recover from there. You know what? That is the exact place. For the place of your trouble will become the place of your present health. Somebody say hallelujah. Come on, stand up now. So much to say. Come on, stand up now. God redeems situations. That's why he's a redeemer. And then God, the place of your previous trouble shall become the place of your present hope. In the name of Jesus, I want you to locate yourself where you have known trouble. Oh, my God. Where is it that you have known the worst trouble? That is where the blessing will come from. He's opening a door for you there. This year, a door opens for you there. The valley of Achor shall become a door of hope. Your valley of trouble shall become for you a door of hope. Lord, you know I still need to explain this again, but we need to close. But therefore, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Now join me in praying. I say, Lord, let my valley of trouble, let, let where I have known trouble, may that in that same place, let it become a door of hope for me. Let my valley of actual, Lord, you gave us this word. And you said, Lord, this is a word for our church. 